This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Kim Reynolds of Dogman.com, along with Chris Fetter, Scott Eklund. Washington defeats Tulsa by a score of 43 to 10 in front of an announced crowd of 63,000. 63,100 for the stat sheet they give us. They always seem to leave off the final number, so we'll just say 63-1. 73 degrees at kickoff. Uh, it was warm down there, not nearly as warm as it was last week, but it was still warm. And uh, elapsed game time. Exactly three hours, three hours, no minutes. We're high above Husky uh, Stadium, Alaska Airlines Field. We're on about the 50-yard line, taking a look out to our right. And uh, Lake Washington is still gorgeous out there with all the boats. This might be the last game, home game this year that, you know, we're going to be wearing shorts. But, uh, you know, just uh, Speak wash for it. yourself, Grinnell. <laughs> I'm going to be wearing shorts. <laughs> yeah, just uh, they fixed one thing today. Yeah, they got off to a pretty fast start. It just, if I had the easy button from Staples, I would have pressed it on that first drive. Yeah, no, I mean, everything looked great for them. Um, you know, they were crisp out of the gate for sure. Um, still, you know, they didn't have to rely on the run too much even early on. Uh, mixed things up pretty well. And clearly Tulsa wasn't going to try to give them anything deep behind. Looked like they were playing a lot of too deep all day. Yeah. And um, But, you know, Mike, Mike Penix and his, and his guys are more than comfortable finding that middle zone and, and – uh, and then trying to get the yards after catch, too. So that, that first try was an easy one. Yeah, and just a real quick, a number that I thought was real interesting. Let me grab it here with the wide receivers. The wide receivers had, um, where's the number here? They had 454 yards receiving, mm-hmm. 234 yards after catch. That, that's, a pretty, that's a pretty big number, so I'm sure Coach Shepard will be glad after that. But um, I'm sure that more Coach... Yak, more yak than Coach Shep yards. Yeah. Uh, I'm, sure that, uh, I'm sure that there's going to be some discussion with the wide receivers. I don't know how much discussion really needs to have, but uh, kind of a sloppy first half with some drop passes and a fumble by Jalen McMillan. Yeah, I mean, well, the ironic thing about the fumble was that he had dropped early, earlier in that drive, he had dropped... What was that about a sixty-yard touchdown pass? I mean, it was, I mean, were we talking about the one going into yeah, the West End yeah. at the end of the first half? Yes. Yeah, that was a that, Penix couldn't have thrown that ball anymore. No, it was right in his chest. I I don't know how you drop it. It wasn't even like it was going from light to dark or dark to he, light. He was, it was fighting it with his hands. Yeah, it was just. It kind of had that weird hand thing yeah, going in. You know? Yeah, it, it was just it was a bad drop, and Romo Dunsey had a few drops, and um, like you said, Kim, I, you don't know how much has to be said. Those guys know. That they can't do those things. I, I have. A, I wonder what the the punting. Well, that's something I think we need to ask uh, Jamarcus Shepard. I think this week. Consequences. What's the consequences for that? What What do they have to do? Oh, um, I'm sure that I'm sure every college football team has their version of a kangaroo court yeah. or whatever they whatever yeah. they would call that stuff. But the bottom line is, these guys are so veteran and they hold themselves yeah. accountable to such a high level that it, Coach DeBoer talked about it post game that. You know, they're yelling at themselves mm-hmm. to the point where the coaches don't even really have to do much other than 
just rein them in a little bit, you know, coach the basics back into them a little bit, just give them a couple tips here and there to work on some things. And notice, no drops in the second half. Yep. Uh, they just came back like you would normally see them. And uh, the second half, to me, as far as the receiving core, was pretty flawless. It's just, I, I think it's just one of those things. It's a, a teaching point and uh, kind of a little bit of a hard lesson being the opponent it was. I don't think that they would have the same concentration problems next week against Michigan State or down at USC or Oregon, but I think it's easy to kind of let down a little bit with the quality of the opponent. Yeah, I mean, you just don't want to have that. And you know what they really should do is they should have Odunzi and McMillan go talk to Jaden Green. Yeah, <laughs> because he's perfect on all of his targets. The other thing I was going to say too, real quick, guys, is that Kalen DeBoer said post game again that one of the things that he thought just generally overall is that he felt like the game went a little quicker today yeah. than last week when you look at the when you look at the new clock rules. And so he thinks part of the reason too is that maybe they did just didn't get into a very good rhythm and stay in a good rhythm and try to get more snaps in. Because it seemed like they were taking their time a little bit. And, it, you know, that's just one more thing to consider. Chris, you hear me say this all the time when people do things. Is that what they did or is that who they are? With Jalen McMillan and Romo Dunsey today, is that what they did or is that who they are? No, that's that's what they did. Yeah. I mean, for sure. I mean, you, you like fumbling the ball, ball security, yeah. all the things that go along with that, that's worse than the drops. I mean, that you don't, you just cannot drop. You cannot lose the ball uh, in something like that. If, and, and it happened to Rome against uh, Boise State, too. He was fortunate enough to recover it. But when you start to have those guys losing the ball like that, that's where you really have to start getting back to the basics. Can you remember McMillan or Dunsey dropping balls? Uh, if, if I did remember it, it would have been Nothing uh, glaring. Their, their freshman season. Yeah, I put, it, I put it two drops in the first half for Rome Dunsey. I was like, that's a, just a rare, it's like a yeah. collector's item. It's so rare. You just, you just don't ever see it. Michael Penix was on again today. Is he ever off? No, I mean, that, well, that interception was weird. I'm trying. I I really like to find out. Was that a mistake by him? Was that a well, bad route? Well, it certainly him? didn't look like Rome picked it up yeah. very well because he he, he, he didn't was, play it well. No, he didn't play it, it well. It looked like Rome was expecting it on the back shoulder and then tried to adjust in midair and did and that adjusting slowed him down a step, which made it overthrow. And remind me, too, guys, uh, is that the second overthrow pick that Penix has had because he had one against Boise State? He didn't have one against Boise State. Did, no, what, okay, I'm trying to think of where he's done that, where he overthrew one. I did Texas. Yeah, well, he did that, and I don't remember he threw one in the end zone against Washington State, too. But, yeah, I just if there's a, there's, if there's a little bit of a bugaboo sometimes in, in Mike's game, he has a tendency sometimes to – Maybe go a little bit well, higher, and that and he could get and, picked off over the top. And Penix should have thrown a pick earlier. Oh when, yeah, when Denzel Boston caught that pass on his butt. Yeah, but I mean it was laying on his butt. But I mean the other guy, it, that went right through that guy's hands. Yeah, take a look at the film because I think what you're going to see on that interception. I don't know if you guys got a chance to see the replay, but it sure looked like Rome was um, uh, kind of adjusting. No, no, it, Rome played it terribly, and or it looked like he played it terribly. So. And Rome does not have bad ball skills when the ball's in the Well, air, yeah, so. no, like I said, it, so it, it looked like it's weird. He, he was, was off weird. on his on off uh, on the wrong foot to begin with because either he didn't judge it correctly or there was something going on with the pass where it just he got fooled. He yeah. obviously got fooled by it. Michael Penix again, twenty nine of thirty eight for four hundred and nine yards and three touchdowns. Heisman campaign. Heisman Chase is still underway. Yeah. 
Yep, the biggest key for him is going to be is going to be getting big wins against power five opponents. And so that happens this weekend, uh, this coming weekend against Michigan State. It's going to happen. I mean, it's going to happen for the next, you know, uh, what, nine weeks or ten weeks. But, um, you know, big game. He's got a big game against Michigan State that no one's going to see because it's on Peacock. He's going he's gonna to have a big game uh, later this, this year against uh, Oregon, USC, Utah. Those are all big games. Oregon State on the road. Those are going to be the games where if he can get wins, he doesn't have to throw for 450 yards. But if he's throwing for 290 to 350 yards and three or four touchdowns in those games and leading Washington to wins, that's okay. when, you're, when if, you're a serious if, Heisman contender. If he is not throwing for 400 yards... And he's only throwing for two ninety. Uh-huh. That means the running game has been fixed. Well, it's getting better. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the other thing I was going to say too, and I was, I was going to ask Scott this specifically, is that when he got over four hundred yards, did it feel like that was the point where they wanted to put in Dylan Morris, or did it look like they were bound and determined to try to get Dylan Morris a series or two, if at all possible? I, I think you always need to get Dylan Morris series because. Let's just be honest and knock on wood, throw salt over your shoulder, whatever it is. If Mike Penix gets hurt, Dylan Morris is the guy. And you got to, Dylan has to feel comfortable. Dylan looks super comfortable. Oh, no, he looks like right a, he looks like a different guy. Completely even, different. He looks like a different guy even from last year, and he didn't play a ton last year. Yeah. And then he looks like a really different guy from two years ago. Yeah. I asked uh, Coach DeBoer after the game. Michael seems a little bit more comfortable with running the football. He had a spin move yeah, up yeah. for a touch for a first down, and you know had another run. But uh, last year, he just looked like there's no way I'm getting close to getting touched. But he looks a little bit more comfortable. Well, you called it a spin move. It was actually him. Didn't he fake? Didn't he fake the ball like he was oh, going to yeah. pitch it? Yeah. And then the guy was kind of flat-footed, and so he was able to get inside for about four or five more yards. But yeah. Just, I mean, he just had two carries for 11 yards, but it's more than we really saw him do, especially early in the season last year. Yeah, I know people are going to just harp on the lack of the running game, but, you know, they're 2-0, and and they have a quality opponent next week. But I don't care how you get the yards. I don't care how you get the points if you're a pass-heavy team and you're struggling running the ball. Well, what did they finish the day with on, on the ground? What was it? And a lot of people are going to point to the reverses. Yeah, yeah, a big I, get part of that. I get it. I get it. Well, 109? Yeah. 109 yards on 109 the ground. yards on the ground, and I think um, between the three receivers, they had 41 of those. But basically, if you're so, almost yeah. throwing for 450 a game plus, yeah, this was Kalen DeBoer's point in this whole thing. He goes, "Does the run game need to be improved? Absolutely. Do we need to only take one shot on a third and short when it's taken us now two shots to do it? 100. percent But please explain to me." When defenses are giving us all these shots down the field, why we shouldn't be taking them and being aggressive and doing what we do because that is who we are. Absolutely. 563 total yards. I mean, if I just tell you without seeing the game, they got 563 yards. You happy with that? Yeah. Well, well, let's just put it this way. Your your four best players on offense are uh, Penix, Odunzi, McMillan, and Polk. Right. Why wouldn't you put the ball in? And this is my this is my contention entirely. Yes, running the ball is it can be very important. Bottom line is every time you hand the ball off to one of the Washington's running backs right now, you're taking the ball out of Michael Penix's hands. You're taking the ball out of J Max's hands, Rome's hands, Polk's hands. I mean, why would you do that? 
Well, I think we're. I think after two games, I think we're seeing the emergence of a guy who's going to have a fantastic career here. Jeremy Bernard just looks like a, a, a fantastic child. career. He's going to be here one more year. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, 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 I mean, he's special. So he do we? So, so do we think he's got a Cordell Patterson type of, of career ahead of him because he, of the carries yeah. in the backfield? No, I. Yeah, he, he's he's, he's like, built like a running back. He, that's no, he's look like a linebacker. Yeah, he's built I mean, like a linebacker. But he's he's built like a guy who could carry the ball. And he did that during high school. He, he was a running back and a, and a running quarterback in high school at different times. But, um, I mean, he is so special, so explosive. And that just tells you, and, and Kalen DeBoer addressed it, I think it was last, on Monday, in the, the press conference, when he's like, that just shows you. These guys, Denzel Boston, Jeremy Bernard, and, and even Jalen Polk, they would all be receiver, wide receiver ones for nine 95% of the, the teams in this country. But they're third. I mean, Jalen Polk's, you know, one of the three starters. But he's he would really be considered your third, fourth, and fifth best guys between him and those other two. And I, this is – people better enjoy this because I don't know if it gets better than this. Well, and to put a, a bow on the run game review, like what you just said, Kip – I think the biggest thing that DeBoer pointed out, and it's 100% correct, is that they need to be really efficient on the third and fourth downs. Mm-hmm. When you, They need to be able to run the ball when they're asked to run the ball, when they have to run the ball. That's where, to me, that's where the questions come up. Because we saw it against Michigan State last year on the fourth downs near the goal line. We're seeing it again where it's they're a little bit more efficient this year in the first two games. But again... They're taking more downs to get it done on something where it should only take them one down on like a third and one or a second and two. To be able to get those done in one down is is what they need to be doing. And I'm not saying that this this running game is going to be as good was down the stretch last year, but how long did it take them to really get going in the running game last year? Oh, yeah, wait until a pop-up. It was probably... October before they really started to feel it. Yeah, and, and especially the, the combination of both CD and Talapapa. Uh-huh. And, and to get those and trying to figure out, Lee Marks trying to figure out what the balance on that was. Well, it wasn't just that. I'm sorry, Kim, but it wasn't just that. They got Jackson Kirkland back, yeah. and they moved him inside to guard. Yeah. So, I mean, there's just a lot of things that go into it. Third down conversion, five of seven. Yeah. And oh, fourth, for sure. Fourth, fourth down, one for one. Yeah. So there was only one time that they didn't convert. Yep. You know, so... Um, two times. Two and, times. Uh, no, on third down. Oh, yeah, gotcha. I see what you're saying. Yeah, so then you're missing your number one running back. You're missing your number two running back, who we expect to be back next week, and Dylan Johnson. So you're going to your third running back, Will Nixon, who's showing some flashes, and then Daniel Ngata. But again, it's always next man up, and the next yeah. man up's got to be able to perform. It's got to be able to execute. All that said, I think Will Nixon is continuing to get better week by week. He was DeBoer pointed to him out post game specifically for his consistency. I think that was good. It was good to get Sam Adams some more reps. I still think he's he's definitely a guy who's working his way into the season. I mean, he is far from a but, finished product. But I mean, I really and Daniel Ngata. Yeah, yeah. They, I thought Daniel Ngata looked yeah. really good right, running yeah. the ball a few times, but he I, he still only finished six of eighteen. So right. uh, six for eighteen yards. But um, the guy I'm, I can't wait to see because I think. If you look at the group that they have, especially with CD out, uh, is Tybo Rogers is the most explosive and most natural runner of all the guys that they have in the in the in the uh, in their 
holster there. A little surprised but, not to see him today. Yeah, I, I thought we might see him when Dylan Morris came out, but we saw Nagata. I think he's probably another game or two away. One reason why I think they really want to get him some carries against Power 5 teams. You and think, so that You think we're going to see uh, Tybo Rogers before Richard Newton? Well, I, we have seen Richard Newton. Well, and Newton was available today. I yeah. don't know why he didn't play. Um, yeah. I just thought that we'd see Tabo guys because Dylan Johnson wasn't available. I yeah. thought that immediately moved everyone up yeah. in the pecking order. But like you said, Scott, it ended up really being more. Three, it was three guys then. that got the most carries. Yeah. So. We've been covering football, and we've been watching it all of our lives, and we've seen thousands of football games. I've never seen a guy snap the ball and then run out to a pass pattern. And I have. Football. Today. Yeah, well, no, I've seen it. When you know you're playing with your dad in the in the parking lot, <laughs> you snap the ball though, you go run out for a pass. Never no, seen it. yeah, you just have never seen it. And like I said, the the receivers they need me, you know, good hands questions. Well, they got to. I need to. Jayden I Ray. need to go back and look at it honestly, because I'll be perfectly candid. I missed the thing because yeah. I was too busy posting something on the game yeah. board that they had just scored. What DeBoer said was that everybody to basically either the right or the left of green. I can't remember where yeah, the, the formation was heavy, but everyone else was off the line. So I'm thinking, if you're Tulsa, aren't you looking at that and going, okay, that looks funky from the beginning. Why aren't we maybe calling a timeout or doing something to notify our coaches, hey, we think something might be up here. Well, for starters, they're going for two. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, there, there seemed to be some red flags there that the yeah. Tulsa staff didn't seem to well, uh, look at. Well, Dylan, you know, he, Dylan's a holder. Well, he, he's, so the, he's it, their second holder, yes. It, was not a, it wasn't an unusual uh, person. No, I'm talking about at the line of scrimmage. The only reason the a guy like up. the only reason a long snapper can be eligible as a receiver is if there is nobody to the either the right or left of him that are on the line of scrimmage. They're all off the line of scrimmage. And, and if you look at that, how can you not look at that and go, wait a second, wait, 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 something's something's weird, hinky here. We got to figure this out. Dylan could have ran that in. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got there was nothing. I, I look at that as an absolute reward for somebody who. Just goes so unnoticed. In, in he's such a great everything. kid. He's a great kid, but his job—the only time you notice him—is when he screws up. So yes or and no? So. Yes or no? Will Dylan Morris run that in as a part of that two-point package that Ryan Grubb will then feature later in the year to Maybe. get it on tape? Yeah, yeah. It's funny because Jaden still got another year of eligibility, and when I talked to him earlier this year, I said, "You still got a elig- year of eligibility coming back." And he starts with the nonsense. I, well, I you know, I got to evaluate. I'm, I'm coming back. back. Yeah, <laughs> it was I, so funny. I remember because I transcribed it and I was just laughing. But, but guys, they, they killed two birds with one play on yeah. that. Because first of all, DeBoer said afterwards, the guys were absolutely fired up to get Jaden the ball. Mm. They, they, they couldn't wait to run that play when they were given the chance and they got the chance. Second thing is, he says, that's just one of many things that we wanted to get on tape because – not only for next week, but going down the road, we want other teams to be looking at all the stuff we're throwing at them, so they they get kind of like they're chasing ghosts, and that's what they that's what these guys like to do. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Selling a little or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. You know, moving over to the defensive side of the ball, of course, we mentioned earlier Dylan Johnson, uh, wasn't playing today. ZTF wasn't uh, suited, but uh, it sounds like he's going to be fine for next week. And then same with Dylan Johnson. But uh, Asa Turner, um, I, don't, it, I think it was an arm or a shoulder. It looked like he was trying to go out of the game, and Tulsa went hurry up. So he had to run back in uh, for another play, and then he ran right off the field and was in the injury tent and then went off the field and Late in the fourth quarter, I saw him in the uh, tunnel, and he was in street clothes. Yeah, so when I talked to Asa this week, so that would have been Tuesday, he had like a brace, I, I want to say, on his left hand. And that's what it was. Like wrist and hand. And I asked him specifically, I said, is that something? He goes, yeah, I'm just working my way back into it, letting it heal and all those things. And I said, well, is it one of those things where you can't, injure it any further so it's not a big deal you're just and he goes well i don't know he goes i'm just trying to heal it up as best i can well, that's what it was chris yeah so clearly it, that that got dinged up and, and to a tailor didn't play either right and so it, and, and neither did armand parker and uh DeBoer wasn't asked about either one of those yeah. guys or so. or mateo melee well he was asked about melee afterwards but uh, he said because it was literally right after the game. He goes, yeah. "We don't have an update on him yet." I would it, assume it looked Monday. like a bicep or elbow uh, on his left, on his left. Bicep yeah, or so elbow. I'm sure they'll probably have something to say on about it, or I'm sure he'll at least be asked on Monday about it. Yeah, just I asked Coach DeBoer also. I just get the feeling on the pass rush that there may be scheming and stuff, but I get the feeling next week against Michigan State they're going to dial some more stuff up. He said, you know, two sacks last week, two sacks this week, and he just said, you know, their teams aren't taking a lot of deep shots against them and they're getting the ball out quick, but I have a feeling they're going to dial some stuff up next week. Yeah, we'll see. Well, well see. I, think the re- I think the reason why they'll dial more stuff up, guys, honestly, is that Michigan State's quarterback, Kim, is more of a pocket guy. These guys, like, for instance, I don't know if, if, if the fans out there realize this, but Cardell Williams, who was the starting quarterback for Tulsa today, he was in there because Braylon Braxton, their their starter, got hurt against Arkansas Pine Bluff, and he played. Cardell Williams played most of the game. Well, Cardell Williams ended up leaving, I think, in the second quarter, and their backup to the backup, their third string, ended up playing basically the entire second half. And so I think going into this game, Tulsa, the game plan, guys, 
was that they were going to try to play more contained at the line of scrimmage, not allow those guys to run and do a lot of dual threat type stuff, which I think they were fairly successful at. But one of the things that happens when you try to do that is you don't get a lot of upfield rush because you're not trying to necessarily pin that guy down because if you don't get him down, now all of a sudden you've got, you got gouged. So I think with Michigan State, they don't run the ball as much, and I don't think that they're – their quarterback is a big escape guy. So we'll see how they work that out. But I, I could see them getting more sacks and, and more tackles for loss and things happening at the line of scrimmage more as a matter of scheme than the actual personnel. It's also 318 yards total offense. 168 of that was rushing uh, the passing. Um, they were 18 of 32 with an interception. Their passing game wasn't that good. There was a couple of pass interference calls out there too so and like I said they didn't really try to heat him up Kim so it's, it's kind of hard I mean those are those are okay numbers but you've got to be able to take advantage of running the ball like that and be able to try to gouge Washington down the field more and to be honest with you Tulsa's best pass play was the was Washington's pass interference calls so that was the biggest thing you know they got Washington got burned a couple times I think uh, Dom Hampton got burned early in the game um, but again, the, the pass interference ones were probably the biggest plays, and you'll give up 15 yards or whatever if it if it keeps you from giving up a 50-yard play. Yeah, when Asa Turner went out, uh, Cameron Fabi-Kulana came in, and uh, I kind of asked him because there was a pick that it looked like Elijah Jackson had a pick, and Cameron basically tackled him, and then it looked like Jabbar Muhammad had a pick, and Cameron uh, went over the top of him and took it away from the little guy and got a pick in the end zone. Well, I'll tell you what, Kim, those, those are the kind of effort plays that the coaches won't have a problem with at all. That said, if you're Elijah Jackson, you just get, you got to be a taker. you got to be able to take that ball and just take it from Cam Fab. But Cam Fab, two picks in two games, that's, that's great for him. Um, because I know that there's probably some Washington fans out there that probably were very uncertain about what his role was going to be this year, weren't sure if he could step up and be that guy. Well, he's been that guy so far, and he's definitely going to have to be that guy for them against Michigan State if Asa Turner can't go, because uh, as Kalen DeBoer said postgame, not having Asa there is tough because he's the one who really organizes the back. But the nice thing about Cam Fab is that he's a really intelligent guy too, and he can help pick up that slack and help organize those guys in the back. The only thing I don't know, after no, I haven't really talked to Cam Fab that much over the last couple of years, I'm not sure he's necessarily as vocal a, a guy as Asa has become. Because Asa Turner was never a vocal guy That's until he is. needed to be one, and then he's become that guy. I don't know if Cameron uh, Fabricolan is that guy. And Asa Turner, I think, has grown up a lot this past year. I think he's total, I think he's a lot better this year than what we yeah, saw last year. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So, but it's so, but it's so tough to be already nursing yeah. an injury. He was clearly nursing an injury yeah. in the Boise State game, and and hopefully that doesn't keep him Fab, out. Fabi Kulanen has had my play of the day the last two weeks. The, yeah. Both interceptions came at key times. There you go. And Washington was just up. Um, what were it's fourteen to three. When they were up, or twenty-two three? No, they were no. fourteen three. Okay, um, and and they had a chance to pull within fourteen to ten. So did that pick turn into a touchdown? Yeah, on the other. Okay, yeah, it went the other way. See, those are the ones you love. Yeah, yeah just looking at the stat sheet again, mentioned the Washington with one hundred nine yards rushing and Tulsa with one hundred and sixty-eight. Uh, Tulsa with three hundred and eighteen yards total offense. Washington with five hundred and sixty-three. And we're going to have to keep an eye on this, Chris. You know, uh, compared to what they did last year, but total number of plays. Uh, Tulsa had seventy-two. Washington had sixty-two, which seemed to look sixty-two for five hundred. 
and that go, yeah, that, go, that goes to DeBoer's point about it feeling like it was a faster game. It just didn't feel yeah. like they were right. flowing into tempo well, like they the, have. How about the fact that um, both teams basically just had two possessions in the third quarter? Yeah. Uh, third, uh, third down conversions, uh, Washington 5 of 17, Tulsa was 7 of 17. Wait, 5 of 7. 5 of 7, excuse me. 1 of 1 on fourth down. Uh, Will Nixon, six carries for 30 yards. Jalen Polk had a carry for 27 yards. Uh, Daniel Ngata had six carries for 18 yards. Sam Adams had uh, four carries for a net one yard. He seems to be getting tackled in the backfield quite a bit. Uh, It was not fair a couple times, man. Yeah, Michael Penix, 28 of 38 with one interception for 409 yards and uh, three touchdowns. Jalen McMillan was targeted nine times. He had eight receptions for a total of 120 yards. Of the 120 yards uh, that he had, 82 were yards after catch. Romo Dunsey uh, targeted 11 times with seven receptions for 107, 36 after uh, after contact. Jalen Polk was six uh, targets, five receptions for 80 yards. Those are big numbers for wide receivers, uh, 81 yards. And Jeremy Bernard had... Um, Two targets, two receptions for 43 yards, and he only had seven yards after contact. So there's going to be some talk about that. They did. But we saw, but we saw against Boise State, he can absolutely get yak when he, you know, yeah. if he can spin a guy. They did not punt the ball today. Nope, did not punt the ball. So today. we're gonna to have to go back and look. And she, did they punt last year at all? DeBoer was thought that oh, yeah. they, that they yeah. there were games where yeah, they, they were, didn't punt the more ball. than one. Okay. Also, it's kind of surprising every time I look at the defensive statistics. We're used to seeing guys with double-digit tackles, and we're not seeing that so far this because year. Because they rotate them so yeah, much. Yeah. Uh, Eddie uh, Ulafosio had uh, eight total tackles. Dominique Hampton had six, and uh, Tupatala with five, and a bunch of guys with five, four, three, and two. But we're not seeing that one dominant uh, tackler. No, that is true. But I, I mean, I had uh, Jabbar Muhammad as my defensive player of the day. Yeah. Um, four tackle, only four tackles, but he had that huge sack, um, and then he had the uh, that long one that he was beaten on that he recovered and then knocked the ball away. I thought he had the best. best uh, I was going to say too that real quick. I thought Dom Hampton had a real nice day coming down and and getting downhill into the box and really filling some holes and fitting some runs really well. Only problem is, is that he's starting from so far back. We know his athleticism. We know his speed and everything like that. If he could have just started maybe a couple paces ahead and come down that way, like I said, he reminds me a lot of Alex Cook fitting the run really aggressively. And I thought he killed the man. That's what I'm saying. He's, he's, he's Alex Cook, but he's Alex Cook who's like oh, he, 20 pounds heavier. That guy looked – remember the Apple Cup? Was yeah. it Azeem Victor who – Turned that guy yeah, into a wishbone. Gabe, Gabe uh, Marks. Oh. Yeah, who it was. yeah. Well, Hampton had one of those. And, well, it was right down here, right? Yeah. Down and by the sideline. You got to get to Tristan Dunn real quick. Too. Well, How uh, many tackles well, did he have? Uh, yeah, just real quick. Uh, no. Two two sacks and yeah. then uh, four um, tackles for loss. Yeah. But Tristan Dunn. Uh, three tackles. Yeah, not seeing it on here. But tell you, there was a couple three tackles, key. but he he had that hit oh, on yeah. on special teams. That was just as as big of a hit as Himes. And uh, Bruners were last week. This one to me was more impressive. The other thing to, I would say, guys, too, if you you know you look, you said Camp Fab, you mentioned Jabbar Muhammad as, as some guys to talk about. I think on the front seven, the guy for me, Voy Tanufi. I thought Voy had a he had a key tackle for loss, had a sack. He had a couple really really nice plays where he needed to come in and do something, especially with. No ZTF. Yeah. And so, like DeBoer said, getting ZTF back next week will really really help them. But it was also really beneficial getting a guy like Sakai 
Asaum Afoa in there, getting him. So he had a really big tackle for loss to stop mm-hmm. a drive. Um, so there are some guys that are starting to come together a little bit uh, along that defensive front, but they still they need to get stout inside. We saw a freshman play today as well. We'll have to ask the coaches about the decision to uh, play Devin Bryant. That's, well, that's yeah, two, yeah, two he games played, in a row, and yeah, he only played one series. Yeah, he only played a couple snaps, so yeah. Yeah, so that's one, so he's got three more games to go. I, no, it's two. two he, played, he played against Boise State, yeah, too. But the thing, is, the thing is, the coaches have told said several times that he looks like a guy who's probably not going to redshirt. Well, what's, what's odd is they have a lot of depth in that position. They do. They've got five deep, basically. but um, If you're not including him. If you include Drew Fowler instead. Yeah, that's who I was including. And, um, I mean, I just, I think their thing is, hey, this guy is good enough. Let's get him the reps because we're graduating Eddie. We're graduating uh, Raylan Goforth. And we're going to need him to be able to come in and take significant snaps next year. And here's another thing I'd obviously need to look at the tape when I get home to try to figure it all out, especially on special teams. But is he a part of the cover teams? I don't know. Because he might be. And if he is, then it's... I'd, they, have, to, I'd they, have to look. But it, he, it feels like that is a position where he could really establish himself as a guy like, like Bruner has in the past, like Ulafosio has in the past, where you can be that special teams cover demon and then come in and, and earn your stripes as a linebacker. Um, but to me, the way that they've used him so far, guys, in, in these first two games... There's no, there's no doubt to me that he's going to play all season long. Recruits on the sidelines pregame, Scott. Yeah, there were there were a few. Um, it wasn't a, it wasn't a huge group as we had mentioned on Friday. Uh, Josh Lair isn't going to make it uh, to, to or wasn't going to make it. He was the one official visitor that was supposed to be here uh, this weekend. He's a safety out of Texas. Three, uh, I think he's a composite four star, but could be wrong on that. But. Um, he, uh, he had a personal uh, family situation, um, so he's rescheduled his official visit for the Cal game, which is two weeks from now. And, um, and he's com- that's on the 23rd. Guess what he's doing on the 24th? What? He's making his announcement where he's going to school. Let's see. Yeah. I have a feeling uh, that might get, that might get moved back. Uh, or it's still happening. Okay, well, we'll <laughs> and, see. But, um, so he was supposed to be here. He was not here. The guy... Uh, probably the biggest name that people will recognize is um, Elias Johnson. He's a cornerback uh, out of Jesuit High School down in Portland. He um, is he he was on just an unofficial visit. He's already taken his official to Washington, so he was here on an unofficial visit. Um, Cody Green, the number one player in the state, uh, offensive lineman from Eastside Catholic. He was here for 2026. He's a 2026 guy. Um, uh, Wasi. Uh, Ugalobi, Ugalobi, sorry. Uh, I think he's a linebacker. I'm not 100% sure on that, That's but right. linebacker from uh, Eastside Catholic. He's a 2026 kid as well. They had a lot of, they had more 2026 and 2025 guys here today. So, so. crazy. We're already talking about 10th graders. I know. Like I know. being impacted guys. what it is. Hey, we yeah. were doing that with uh, Zach Banner, Austin. Oh, no, 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 I know. I know. I mean, that whole group. It's just weird because it's it's weird to think that the season's already started and, and they're already making big impacts for oh, their yeah. teams. All right, so uh, let me throw Scott the curveball, and then I got one for Chris as well. Scott. That big-time recruit out of Washington who went to USC, who's now at Tulsa, did he do anything today on oh, the field? Both the Simon? Julian Simon? Yeah, Julian he, Simon? Uh, did you look on the defensive stats? Julian Simon? He was a starter. Yeah. And it's Simon. Singular. Simon. Simon. 
He started. Uh, both him and his brother Simon, Jaden Simon, they both started. Yeah, he had three tackles. Yeah, there I mean, he's he's just. But again, he's a linebacker. What are yeah. those guys going to do against this offense? Yeah, <laughs> they're going to be chasing shadows Jayden, all day. Look up Jaden Simon. Uh, they Jayden rotated Simon. him a lot. Yeah, he didn't do nothing. Yeah. <laughs> but he, I mean, he played a lot. And he's a starter. Yeah, Washington had two sacks, but last week, uh, Coach. Um, Coach Inge said they had 12 pressures, which was good. Did you track pressures today, Chris? No, I did not. No. Okay. No, it was too difficult. It, it's too hard because what we might consider a pressure is something they might not consider a pressure. So okay. I don't know. We'll ask, we'll ask the coaches about that. So, yeah. all right. Uh, nice win for Washington. The season really starts next uh, next week in yep. East Lansing. It's a two o'clock start back there. It's on Peacock, and I know people are going to be complaining about that, but uh, it is what it yeah. is. Streaming's the future, so figure it out. Seven ninety nine. Yeah, my. You know, it's like I, these people who say they don't understand this stuff. You know, my. I keep on saying this. I'll say it till I die. My mom was a hundred one and she had an iPad and she used it every day and she also called you every day yes. because she screwed it up yeah <laughs> that's important that's an important fact to consider I still you know what I gotta say it I still miss her calling you and me and saying Scott and Chris get off your ass and get to work yeah. I miss oh. that oh yeah yeah no she she lit you guys up she lit me. She lit me up. After I mean, she's a hundred years old. She's lighting me up. Hundred, hundred years old. Am I going to live long enough to see another damn win? I don't have time for this. And this is my mom's favorite word. I don't have time for this shit. That's exactly what she would say to me. You know. And if my mom says this, it's okay. And if you don't, you argue with well, her. Well, my my mom said that word isn't a bad word because it just fits too many situations perfectly. Yeah. yeah so, anyways, wrap it up, Chris Fetters. <laughs> yeah. No. I'm just uh, again two and zero. Oh, uh, expected win. Uh, an unexpected way of getting there, uh, especially in that second quarter with the drops and the fumbles and things like that. Definitely very uncharacteristic of this receiving core. But again, it's a testament to their uh, leadership, their maturity to come out, rectify the problem, fix it, come back like it never happened. And for them to do that and to uh, really have a very comprehensive win, really. They only, I think it was 563 yards today mm-hmm. instead of 568. Um, just, it just tells you, it just tells you that, that regardless of even if things are going south for them in certain other aspects, they have enough to be able to pull out a really convincing win and, and not make it look that difficult even when they're struggling against themselves because, as we know, it's us versus us. Scott Eklund. Uh, you got to love it when you consider a game very sloppy and you still get a 33-point win. Didn't cover, though. Yeah, did not cover the spread. Yep. And uh, I think I was. I ended up being the closest. I picked a 31 or 32-point win. Kim had win. 10. You got, you got the 10 of Tulsa, didn't yeah. you? I think you got it right on the number. Yeah. I, I think four, it was that Washington number was a little four, off. I had 48-17. I think you were yeah. off by almost three touchdowns. So, the, uh, but, but anyway, uh, just... You know, it shows how far this program has come when they can play a sloppy game and still get a 33-point win. I mean, it's it, this is heady days for this team right now and this program. And um, you got to like what what uh, we've seen so far that they that they handle adversity pretty well and are able to bounce back. It's going to be real interesting to see how things go on the road. Th- weird things happen on the road and always. on grass and on grass. But oh, that's right, it's a grass game. I didn't even think about that. And you know how I feel about grass in Washington. Well, so. Think about Washington's two losses last year on the road, on grass. To, 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 to one, at least one team that was not very good at all in Arizona State. 
Chris Fetters, thanks for staying in your lane on the podcast, making my job easy. Thank you. I always do my best. All right. And also, uh, this is a good team. This is as good a football team as we've seen in a long, long time. And I know yeah. there's people out there posting on the boards, you know, about their concerns. Just find some joy in a win. Enjoy a victory. This is a I mean, really good team. I mean, it's... 24-hour rule, people. 24-hour rule. This team had... The, the 2016 team, I think, was more complete because I think the defense was so good and the offense was still pretty explosive with John Ross and uh, and Dante Pettis, and then they had Miles Gaskin running the ball. But um, I, I would have to say, other than that 2016 team, I have not covered a better team at the University of Washington. Yeah. Enjoy the wins. I mean, I, it's like I said, you know, this person that I won't mention the name, they could walk into the Oval Office or the White House, and the first thing they would do is notice something was out of place. Stop it. Just mm-hmm. stop it. This is a good team. Enjoy the wins. So. Quit complaining. Yeah. So. No, I'm talking about you. Oh, yeah. But uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, good victory here today, and uh, we got another busy week in front of us. So. Kim gets to go to Detroit. Yeah. Yes, he does. I'm gonna take. A, I'm gonna take a thousand. And he's not. And he's not even staying for the Seahawks game. I am. Oh, you are staying. Yeah, he is. He's yeah. going to Indianapolis, right? God, how did we? No. Or no, the Detroit. Game. How did we Sorry, budget for that? We don't have any money in the budget for that. I switched my flight from two o'clock on Sunday to eight o'clock on Sunday, and it saved twenty bucks. I'm gonna have to talk to the so. CFO about this. Yeah, you, you are. are. You do that. So, <laughs> um, anyways, let's go. Let's anyways, let's go. so hey, for all of us at dogman.com, I'm Kim Reynolds along with Chris Fetters and Scott Eckland. Go, dogs.